Hello and welcome back to the Firestarters Podcast. I'm Colin. You're with Joe. Howdy. Today, we've got our week three recap. It's my dad's birthday. My mom got my hatchet. <laughs> She's me up. Not chopping it up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Welcome to episode 10 of the Firestarters Podcast. It is Monday, September 27th. It is 7.30 p.m. We are in the midst of Monday Night Football. What's cracking, Joe? I'm hoping that I don't pull a hamstring. Because it seems like hamstrings are a common injury going around the league right now. Off the top, Thursday night... You've seen Christian McCaffrey go down with a hamstring. Uh, Looks like it's not going to land him on IR, but still is going to be out at least two more weeks. Um, That's so we're going to see the Chuba Hubbard, what he looks like in the CMC role. Um, If it's anything like Alexander Madison, he filled in for Dalvin this week and did pretty much what Dalvin does. I mean, last year, Mike Davis was about 85% what CMC was. So I am sure that he'll be able to handle the workload. Yeah, Madison looked good. He he normally looks like about 70, 75% of Dalvin, but he, he was getting up towards that 85, 90% of Dalvin in this last game. He looked good. Yeah, I could have used him punching one in from the one-yard line. Where they were inside the 10, I think, three times. And I'm pretty sure they kicked two field goals and Kirk Cousins threw one touchdown. But anyways, back to these hamstring injuries. Uh, A.J. Brown leaves early in their game against Indianapolis. Uh, That one's being called a hamstring strain. So he is also week to week. Uh, two Giants wide receivers go out. Darius Slayton, String Shepard, both left with hamstring injuries. And then it looked like the old ACL was back. Uh, Blake Martinez, linebacker for the Giants, goes down. He is out for the season. And then KJ Hamler, wide receiver for Denver, goes out. So Denver wide receivers kind of kind of dropping like flies right now. It's getting thin out there. I mean, the only couple you got left are what Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. Yeah, that have any like fantasy history? Yeah, yeah. That's that's. <laughs> I mean, I mean, no offense, still pass catcher for this yeah, team. Of so course, you're gonna see that. But Tim Patrick was already kind of like ascending, and I, I'm sure we'll. We'll see that ascension continue. And we'll definitely hit on that later on in the pod. The the other injury that seemed to be running amok was rib injuries. (laughs) Tua Tua sat this week with a rib injury, leading for Jay Brisket to start. Our our guy, Jacoby Jacoby Brissett. almost said Jacoby Myers there. My Um, guy. Yeah, he had a pretty good game too. Uh, Hopkins was questionable. With a rib injury, uh, Daryl Henderson actually was out for the contest with rib injury, and then a few more guys picked up some 
throughout the games. Uh, we'll be covering them, you know, but it is what it is. A rib's usually not too bad. A bruised rib you can play with. Um, they've got those lower, you know, padding that extends around the rib cage. Yeah. Rib uh, protector. To protect some guys, so. I've worn one of those before. Oh, well. Yeah, they're not that comfortable. It, but they they definitely help when you get hit in the ribs. It's like a meaty corset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I got some uh, some wire pickups for the guys that are injured in case AJ Brown misses time. Nick Westbrook Ikine uh stepped in and he had a touchdown. I think he had four catches, five targets, something like that. So he looked to be the wide receiver two behind Julio. Tay Crowder will be taking over as that middle linebacker for the Giants. He is a second-year player, and he had showed some flashes last year. Colin Johnson stepped into that uh, wide receiver role as Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard left, and he looked pretty good. Sony Michelle, obviously, as the Daryl Henderson fill-in, and then Tim Patrick, if he's somehow still on the wire, go grab him because he's going to be getting a ton of volume from here on out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I personally would be avoiding the Giants wide receivers. <laughs> I mean, As would I. Hopefully after this game, they finally realize that Saquon Barkley is still pretty good at football and they aren't, you know, trying to air it out as much with Daniel Jones. So, um, And somehow Evan Ingram still had a bad game. Hey, I, Kenny G. We had a Kenny G sighting, led, led the team in. Yes, we did. After he yelled at Jason Garrett, he get, <laughs> led the team in targets. <laughs> oh, man. Let's get into these games. Alrighty. So we'll start out with uh, Thursday night football, Panthers versus Texans. Panthers came out on top 24-9. to So are the Panthers for real? They're 3-0? and Uh are they one of these elite teams up there with like the Rams and the Broncos who are also three and Uh and can they survive without Chris McCaffrey? I think they'll be able to survive. Uh, this offense is moving well with Donald behind the helm. Uh, DJ Moore continues to be his go-to guy through the, through the air. Um, I heard that Robbie Anderson's involvement is going to be more of a, I wouldn't say a focus, but they're going to put more effort into getting him the ball a little bit more. Uh, pretty abysmal game. I think he had one catch for eight yards compared to him being the main guy on this team last year. So uh, Matt Rule came out and said that uh, this week that Robbie Anderson should be getting more involved. And this defense is is really good. So the the defense is for real. I'm still not sold on the offense, considering they play. I don't even remember who they played week one. The Jets. They oh. beat them 19 to 14, and that's they, the most points they've allowed so far this season. Well, there you go. They played the Jets in Houston, so their only real game was against the Saints, who <laughs> I have no clue what to think of that team either. Yeah, the Saints are another team that it feels like the defense kind of keeps the offense afloat. But, yeah, they got a 19-14 to win against the Jets, which kind of left us with questions up in the air about the Jets and the Panthers. And then they put it on the Saints 26-7. to 
And then again, they put it on the Texans, twenty-four to nine. So they they have a couple convincing wins, but it, not the greatest strength of schedule. Playing two teams that are now zero and three. <laughs> oh, the Texans are one and two. Apologies, yeah. Texans. I forgot that y'all won. Davis Mills can't <laughs> he can't get it done for him. He's got um, a very long neck, uh, but somehow continues to keep Brandon Cooks alive and relevant. Yeah, we love Brandon Cooks. He's just good for eight catches and 100 yards. Brandon Cooks is the wide receiver six, which is insane because he's on an awful team. He uh, has put up 20, 22, and 18. So he is just a solid wide receiver one that you can just put in the lineup and forget about. And he commands like 60% of the team's targets. And accounts for like 85 percent of their team's receiving yards which is just insane so shout out brandon cooks i I didn't think that anybody on this offense would be good but here we are yeah that's that's just with one touchdown so if, if somehow if this offense can start moving just a little bit and he can start getting if he can get to like seven eight touchdowns on the season you got yourself a guy? I mean, who would have thought? I mean, everyone's a top 10 wide receiver, but this one actually might be the truth. Yeah, honestly. But let's move on to Washington at Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo shellacked Washington 43-21. to Is it time to admit that the Washington defense is not living up to expectation? 100%. Uh, it's... Very suspect. I mean, we thought that this pass rush was going to cause all sorts of problems. It's really not forcing the turnovers that we thought were going to be happening. Uh, The secondary is getting burned. I mean, I haven't heard Jamin Davis's name once yet on any sort of highlight. So, yeah, definitely below expectations for all the hype that... We were giving it, you know, going into the season. Yeah, they were touted as a really good pass defense, but they have allowed 337 passing yards against Justin Herbert and the Chargers. 354 all-purpose yards to Dan Jones and the Giants. Oh, Jesus. And then 358 passing yards to Josh Allen, along with four passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown. So they're just, like giving out the number one fantasy quarterback every week and we thought that this was going to be a defense that was going to be one of those mainstays so then you didn't have to stream defenses but it's i mean they're routinely giving up tons of yards getting you like one or two points in that defense spot and this week going down to negative four so this is a, a pretty pretty ugly start to the season for the Washington defense, who was touted to be one of these top-tier defenses. I mean, granted, they played Buffalo still. This this was like Buffalo getting back on track. I mean, Josh Allen going back to what we've seen last year, throwing for four touchdowns and then rushing for one. So it was like this game, I, it was more Buffalo getting back to Buffalo than – Washington not meeting expectations. Like, something's got to give in that case, and I would take Buffalo 
getting back to form over Washington, you know, doing yeah. something that we haven't seen but we expected to see, you know. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. On the Washington side of things, there's just wasn't much going on uh, that side. I mean, Terry McLaurin had a pedestrian game. Antonio Gibson had a pedestrian game. Heineke was okay. Logan Thomas had a touchdown. But just all around, it's it's pretty disappointing. Uh, Buffalo's defense might be better than we gave it credit for beforehand. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, what do you think about this Washington offense going forward? Do you still have faith in everybody? Yeah, Heineke, from a fantasy standpoint, had a really good day. I think put up like 22 i think so that filling in for fits that's really good um i don't get why antonio gibson just doesn't simply get more work he had a yep. 73 yard touchdown reception off what was basically a screen pass and they continue to want to use mckissick as this guy but gibson's the better playmaker he's the better athlete it's like you got to get your best guys the ball. Just like Terry McLaurin's the centerpiece of the passing game like from wide receiver standpoint because he's the best wide receiver on the team. I don't see why they're not doing that with the running back position. Absolutely. Buffalo with the running back position, again, we're flipping the coin. Uh, but Zach Moss ends up uh, getting the touchdown. Uh, it's just like, uh, again, we're back to – not back to avoiding it what's going on yeah just just continue to avoid the buffalo running backs unless one's inactive or not playing then it's safe then you at least know but other than that can't have any sort of faith don't want to play one as a flex you definitely don't want to be starting one if you can avoid it so it yeah yeah <laughs> Speaking of avoiding, uh, let's move on to this Bears-Browns game. Uh, offense you might want to avoid is this Bears offense scoring six points, <sighs> Fields getting sacked nine times, and the Browns winning 26-2-6. So uh, we're firing Matt Nagy on this podcast. Who, who are we hiring as the Bears' next head coach? I don't care. <laughs> Any – you could, you could have Justin Fields just call the plays, and you probably would have got a little more going than whatever. They did they mix the playbook up? Did they give Fields Andy Dalton's playbook and forget that Fields had his own package or something? Man, this this was such an ugly game. Like Justin Fields can throw from the pocket; he can be a drop back, like spread it out quarterback but if there's no pocket yeah. you can't do that the o-line so you, was atrocious oh. and it, they weren't they didn't try to stretch the field they were running all these it seemed like every person was just running an intermediate route they didn't have like anyone in the flat they didn't have anything else the off it was it was painful it was extremely painful to watch yeah, I, Miles Garrett had four and a half of those sacks. Yeah. They had no game plan to deal with them. And so you see what the Packers did Sunday night against a guy like Nick Bosa. Yeah. 
with a bad O-line, with a patchwork O-line, they kept tight ends in, they chipped them off the line, they brought wide receivers in tight, and then they ran quick routes and got their best guys the ball, i.e. Devontae Adams. Yeah. Allen Robinson did next to nothing. Darnell Mooney did next to nothing. I mean, nobody did anything. They, well, in they had no offense. opportunity to do anything right. because <laughs> they were <laughs> writing, they were calling seven step dropbacks with <laughs> an offensive line that couldn't, you know, stop a running faucet. I mean, granted, I hate the Bears, so I, I <laughs> it, but it, just from fo- simple football. It does not bring me joy. Like it was, it was just so hard to watch, and it's not Fields' fault. And yeah, I hope they lose to the Lions, just so Matt Nagy can get fired. Yeah, we we want to get Matt Nagy out of here. We need to get them a creative offensive coach so they can get a scheme going for Justin Fields instead of just running Matt Nagy's scheme no matter who's under center, because that makes no sense at all. You have to adjust to the talent, especially when you have a mobile quarterback like Justin Fields, who's a rookie. Like, you need to make the game easy on him. Not run your scheme no matter what and then see what happens at the end of the day. They didn't run a single designed run play for him the entire game. And it was like that. Right, that right there is just the biggest red flag. Yeah, they they need to run some sort of Shanahanian offense, which would be really effective, especially when Tariq Cohen comes back. Run the the pistol with the two backs on each side and just get some motion going. Just move some stuff around, anything, because that's how you. That's how you get a bad O-line to be passable. You run motion. You you move things around so the defense is moving, and it's not just the the fronts just hitting each other. You don't have the D-line just hitting the O-line. Yeah, and then they're not running screens. They're not running draws. They're not getting the defense to kind of be less aggressive. They're running the ball every first down right into the back of their O-line. <laughs> Then it's second and ten, and everybody knows you're going to pass the ball, but you do a seven-step drop and try to throw some intermediate route. It's not open because they know you're going to pass, and then Justin Fields just has to ad lib. It's just a, it was just an awful game plan. The Browns dominated on the ground because they didn't have to do anything else. Yep. They're just like Sikkim, Miles Garrett. And then Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb took care of everything else. Odell Beckham had a nice game Yep, coming back from the ACL. So shout out to the Browns. They took care of business. They did what they were supposed to do, which what hasn't always been true of the Browns. <laughs> so I'd like to give them a quick shout out. But, yeah, this Bears offense was disgraceful. And the, the defense, too, is, I mean, their secondary is really bad. <laughs> it's this Bears team's pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> can I, we just say it? 
I I want to give them a little bit of a pass because they were on the field for the entire game. <laughs> That's fair. So so I I don't blame them for being a little bit gassed, but yeah, I the the corners are in rough shape and it's yeah. It's it's not a great situation in Chicago right now with Matt Nagy at the helm. But their opponent next week, the Detroit Lions, took the Ravens down to the wire. Uh, the Ravens won on the record-setting 66-yard field goal from Justin Tucker as time expired. Why did it take a record-breaking field goal for the Ravens to beat the Lions? Because Marquise Brown was selling. He had <laughs> three dropped touchdowns. Two of them would have been 50-yarders within the final two minutes of the first half, which would have made it a 17 to nothing game. And then he missed one early, like in the first drive of the game, that would have been, I think, about a 30-yard catch. And these were wide open. Lamar was putting the ball right into his hands. And I don't know if he was hearing footsteps or what, but based on the first two games, that's something like, Marcus Brown was becoming this guy. And it's really yeah. disappointing to see him have this kind of game because he could have had like 80 more yards and two more scores. And this would have been yeah. a blowout. Right. I, I was going to say, like, last game was a really good Hollywood Brown game. And we were kind of thinking of him. We're like, oh, is Hollywood Brown finally becoming what we've wanted him to be, this number one option in the Ravens' offense, this take-the-top-off-the-defense deep threat? And he has been, and he was this game, but he just wasn't catching the ball this time. So now people are calling for Bateman to come off IR, and he's eligible now, but he, we don't want to rush He is going to practice back. this week. Yeah, we, we don't want to rush Bateman back and get him hurt any worse. But, yeah, if Hollywood Brown's doing what he did the first two weeks, this looks like a lot of Ravens games against bad teams where it's like 35 to 17 instead of 19 to 17. Yeah. I don't know. It's frustrating. Because then yeah. that, like, like, if you're just looking at box score, they're, like, Lamar's stats don't look as good type of thing. Right. When he would have had a fantastic game. He all, he had one to Watkins too down the right sideline. But I mean it was it was tipped the DB jumped back and he got a hand on but still hit Watkins in the hands. Right. And that would have been another touchdown so this game shouldn't have came down to the Justin Tucker 66-yard bomb. <laughs> but if someone's got to get it Good for him. Good for yeah, him. Yeah, Justin Tucker's been asking John Harbaugh to let him kick a 70-yard field goal in a game for, like, four years. And John Harbaugh's like, no, we're not just going to let you kick a 70-yard field goal for no reason. And now he had a reason to kick a 66-yarder. And though it bounced off of the crossbar and in, he still nailed it. And it's going to be in the record book forever now. And it was, like, the perfect situation you're indoors. It, it's it's for the game, so you know you have to kick it. Yep. <laughs> and he just let it fly, and he put it in. And it was, I mean, it was pretty incredible. <laughs> it was <laughs> like yeah. that is 
Dude's got the the leg. Yes, sir. So, are we going to worry about Trevor Lawrence? Are we worried? No. Uh, I'm not not worrying. Don't look. We got. (laughs) He didn't look as bad as his fantasy score. Just okay. Um, his first interception was tipped off of O'Shaughnessy's hands in the red zone. Not his fault. Right. And the touchdown pass he threw to Chark was a beautiful ball. Mm-hmm. He's got the skill players. He's like driving the team. Still, the team has his back. Um, Urban Meyer finally realized James Robinson is a lot better than Carlos Hyde. Thank I have, God. I have confidence in this offense. And I think, I mean, Arizona's a really good team. Yeah. So you can't really put it on Trevor that they lost this one. So Arizona goes to 3-0 and with a 31-19 to win over the Jaguars. Jaguars fall to 0-3, playing against Alabama once again. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has had at least two interceptions in all three games so far. And he had three interceptions against Houston, and he had two fumbles this last game against the Cardinals. So it's a little bit of a ball security problem, but Trevor is is able to do this right now because he's on the Jags and there's low expectations and Urban Meyer doesn't know how to run an offense. So he is seeing what he can get away with. And the arm talent is ridiculous. And he has made some of the better throws I've seen this season. But he's also made some of the worst decisions I've seen this season. Because that flea flicker pick six that he threw was ugly. But it's, that was, it's the play call. He doesn't have to throw it. Who runs a 12-yard flea flicker? <laughs> To the sideline. All right. So the thing is, yes, it's a bad play call. Yes, you shouldn't be running a flea flicker to, like, a outside comeback route on the sideline. But at the same time, you got to see the DB coming down on that and just throw it away. He, like, was, he was fading off the back foot. And then go cuss out Urban Meyer on the on the sideline. Like, that's what you got to do as an alpha. That's, that's fair. I mean, this team has no defense. So it's like the offense is on the field the entire time trying to get something work. Like the opposite case of the Bears because Cardinals are kind of scoring at will against them, especially in the second half because Kyler Murray is a god. Looking like the MVP so far of the league. Easily. Like even with a hampered DeAndre Hopkins, he still looked really good. Does he... AJ Green is alive and well. I guess so. Christian Kirk is looking like he's having a breakout year. They didn't get Rondale involved as much as I thought they would with Hopkins being hobbled. So so this wide receiver group is still tough to predict, you know, who's going to be the guy from week to week. You'd think that Nuke would have the safest floor, but even that's not the case. He did have a couple drops. He had one... uh, going down the left sideline, a back shoulder that uh, was usually a routine play, but that rib, you know, trying to turn, you know, with a back yeah. shoulder, that rib could have been a factor in that one. But that offense is crazy. You see James Conner come to life. 
Uh, Chase Edmonds is still getting a lot of work. So there's the pieces to this offense all are going to produce, but sometimes it's hard to like pinpoint, you know, whose game it's going to be type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the poor Rondale performance might put a little bit of a damper on my heat check tonight, but I, I, I'll still be <laughs> trying to trade for Rondale Moore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we love some Rondale Moore over here. But it, speaking yeah. of athletes, uh, all over the field in this Chargers Chiefs game, Chargers win thirty to twenty four. Is this the most fun divisional rivalry in the NFL? I think it's just the most fun division. True. I mean, you got you got the Raiders, three and zero, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Broncos are three and zero. Yep. And then Chargers are two and one, and then and KC one. is one and two. Yep. But yeah, this is this is like rivalry city. Like, imagine if this is like the next seven eight years yep. of Herbert going against Mahomes, and they're like fighting for the division. There's going to be week 18 games between these two teams that are going to be, like, huge classics. Yeah, it, it's going to be fun. Herbert is no – that sophomore slump we used to talk about the last two nope. weeks, I think. Nope. Her, oh, Herbo, is he's pretty good now. He's looking good. Every ball he throws is, like, on the money. It's a dart. Yeah, he's shooting it's... bullets. He's throwing frozen ropes all across the field. He had the one to Mike Williams where the corner took one wrong step inside and Herbert fired it on a rope just out of the corner's reach and Mike Williams just like plucked it out of the air over his shoulder. God, it was gorgeous. Mike Williams is back. Yeah. Maybe he was like what was missing like from this team last year. It could have been. I mean, him being banged up every year. So coming out, it was like, oh, Mike Williams is an elite receiver. He is Mm -hmm. a wide receiver one. And we were saying this over and over, year after year, but he kept getting injured. And now Joe Lombardi comes over, says, hey, this is Michael Thomas. Yeah. (laughs) And then he comes out here. And is Michael Thomas. This man is the wide receiver two on the season in PPR formats right now. He's going crazy. Every single game, he's getting a touchdown. He's getting like 100 yards, and he's getting eight, ten receptions. This is nuts. I didn't expect to see this out of Mike Williams. I was hoping Josh Palmer, but it's Mike Williams' season. He deserves this. I love that he's healthy, and I love that I'm seeing this out of him. Yeah, this offense is like Eckler is – Right back on track. I think he had another nine receptions this game. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I wish that they would, like, stretch the field a little more. Just, I want to see Herbo just start sending some. Like, second and eight, just little play action. Just, like, unload one to Guyton or Ty Johnson or Josh Palmer down the field. Just throw some jump balls. I, I want to see a lot more. I want to see all that Herbert can do. Like, just imagine a duel between these two. That, like, yeah. in a really good game. Like, this game was, it was good. But it wasn't good good. Because Mahomes wasn't up to par. Herbert definitely got the better of Mahomes in this one. 
Yeah. Do you remember the the Rams Chiefs primetime game? And it was just like Jared Goff and Mahomes <laughs> going back and forth like punch for punch. I I want that, but instead of Jared Goff, Justin Herbert, and my it, it would just be let that happen every week eighteen Sunday night football, yes. and just hope that that's what's deciding the division because. Yeah. This O-line is so improved with Slater. Slater is a monster. Mm -hmm. And then Bulaga and Lindsey as the additions coming over from the Packers. They're both elite. And then Derwin James, probably the one guy in the NFL that can guard Travis Kelsey. All of Travis Kelsey's stats came when Derwin James was off the field. Yeah. Which is incredible. Like, Derwin James was locking up Travis Kelsey and then they double teamed Tyreek Hill and Mahomes was like, "Oh, shoot." <laughs> this is the- <laughs> cuz we we were talking all offseason like these are the two guys, they're going to be relevant every single game mm-hmm. and they always are and they still did fine, but like in terms of a football standpoint, the Chargers have what it takes to match up with this Kansas City offense and that's something that I didn't think I'd be saying about many teams. No, well, the Chargers for so long were that team that would have a lead in the fourth quarter, five minutes left, and somehow find a way to lose the game, or they would miss a field goal in the game as time expires, and it seems like they're finally done tripping over themselves, and it's going to produce a lot of fantasy points, and from a real football perspective, this team's going to be fun for a good amount of time. Yep, I love Justin Herbert. Yeah. But uh, let's move on to a team that's not that fun in the New England Patriots. They had 13 <laughs> points against the New Orleans Saints, who put up 28, and moved to 2-1. and one. Uh, Who can you trust on either of these offenses outside of Alvin Kamara? <laughs> I was going to say, well, <laughs> this is easy. It's, it's Kamara. I, I don't know. You can't trust any of these receivers because from well from the saints the saints are doing everything possible to make sure Jameis is only a game manager and he tried his best to throw one of the worst passes we would have seen all year and of course it just lands like perfectly to marquez callaway in the back of the end zone but until michael thomas comes back i don't want any skilled player on new orleans i don't like any of these running backs on New England. It was, I mean, the Saints are incredible against the run. Their front seven is just stout. So it's no surprise that New England couldn't run the ball. No team's been able to run the ball against them so far this year. So that's not something I'm overly concerned about. But James White gets hurt. He, like, fits. He got that hip subluxation. Yep. So if that's another eight weeks that James White's out, who knows who we're going to see in that pass catching role in that backfield, whether it's J.J. Taylor, Ramondre Stevenson, or, you know, hopefully they're like, hey, Damian Harris, you know, you can catch a couple here and there. Yeah, right. But I wouldn't expect it. Uh, Janu Smith looks horrible. Um, it's, it seems like the wide receivers are your best bet in this New England offense, which Kendrick is something. Bourne. This is something I never thought I'd be saying. <laughs> and this offense was always, outside of Edelman, 
and Randy Moss. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean who, who've they had as a wide receiver for the last 15, 20 years? The, the thing about it is that Bill Belichick can't draft wide receiver. He can't draft? <laughs> so they take Nikhil Harry, and he's not good. Nope. <laughs> Jacoby Myers is uh, the only guy I think I'd, I'd be comfortable trusting outside of Kamara in these two offenses just because he gets targets. Yeah. He's the only person getting consistent targets on this Patriots offense. And you're right about the Saints being a dominant run defense. I think we can say that confidently. The only person that's been able to do well against them is Christian McCaffrey. And it and wasn't even from a rushing perspective. It was exactly. all it was basically through the air, so Exactly. So yeah, the this both of these offenses are a stay away. They're trying to keep the ball out of James's hands and play it safe. And Mac had a stinker game. Mm-hmm. It was bound to happen eventually. And this was the week of the bad rookie quarterback because every rookie quarterback played bad this week. Well, last week. <laughs> Everyone was pretty bad uh, last week, too. Yeah. So it, maybe it's the year of the rookie quarterback. It could just be. dog shit. It could be. It's like this isn't New England is not a bad team, you know. Where the Jaguars are still a pretty bad team. The Jets are an awful team, you know. The Bears are a pretty bad team. So it's like you, you. We thought Mac Jones would be in the best situation, you know. I mean, Trey Lance is clearly in the best situation, but for some reason, Shanahan can't just. Well, we'll get there. You know, that's that's fair. But yeah, I don't know. Max Max skill is getting the ball to receivers, and so I guess that's what's going to happen for this offense. Yeah, get the ball to the playmakers. Don't try to force anything, and let them do the work. Somebody that should be getting the ball more. That's also a rookie, Kyle Pitts of the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons pull this one out, seventeen to fourteen. Somebody had to win the game. That's, uh, Falcons yeah. moved to one and two. Giants dropped to zero oh and three. Tell me why I shouldn't be worried about Kyle Pitts. Gi- Giants didn't win a game. No. Really? Yeah, they lost that one to to Washington. <gasps> oh yeah. Hmm. Zero oh and three. Zero oh and three. <laughs> Kyle Pitts. <laughs> yeah. Why shouldn't I worry? Because. If Lee Smith doesn't catch a touchdown, it's Kyle Pitts catching that touchdown. He His snap percentage has gone up every game, which is always, I think he played 82% of the offensive snaps. The person to worry about is Cordero Patterson, who for some reason is the focal point of this offense. Whether it's running the ball, whether it's passing the ball, for some reason he is this best playmaker Arthur Smith thinks he's the best playmaker. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. He looks kind of good. <laughs> he's been, This is like a sixth team. <laughs> I just, Maybe somebody finally unlocked him. I don't think so. I don't. He drives me crazy. And all his targets should be going to Pitts. And all his rushing attempts should be going to Mike Davis. And I, I never want... If I was a Falcons fan, right... And I had to be rooting for 
Cordero Patterson as my best player on my team. <laughs> That's not a best case scenario. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, uh, Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley are both kind of underperforming expectation from this year because this offense sucks. And <laughs> we, we've we been kind of tooting the same horn every week when it comes to the Falcons. Last week they had a decent game against the Buccaneers of all teams. But well, this week should have been a little bit of a get-right week against the Giants where the offense should have taken another step forward. And it wasn't. They took a step back. Kyle Pitts had a better game last week. We were. I was hoping that he would because they don't have linebackers that can cover a tight end. He didn't get targeted until the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, why are they not feeding Kyle Pitts against this kind of a team? This is a bad but, time to mention I picked Arthur Smith as coach of the year. <laughs> See, the, that's what the expectations that the Falcons were going to improve from last year. <laughs> but apparently not. I, I just uh, don't understand how this offense can't be putting up 30 points a week. Yeah, right. Giants defense, not that good. No. <laughs> it's not that good. No. It's 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 decent, but it's... It's it, not it, top tier. Yeah. You know. The Falcons, with all their playmakers, should be able to put up plenty of points against that kind of a defense. Another team that should have been able to put up plenty of points against a bad defense, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Trapped to one and two. Uh, Bengals go to two and one, winning twenty four to ten. So I have some Ben Roethlisberger ideas for you, uh, and all of them include him retiring, <laughs> and them trading for a quarterback. All right. Okay. So we'll start off with uh, Drew Locke for Ooh, a fourth round pick. Sign me up. <laughs> sign me. I didn't. I never thought of that one. I never thought of that one. Okay. I, I like that one. <laughs> He's way better than Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph. It's true. Oh. All right. My, my next one is P.J. Walker it, of the Carolina Panthers. XFL stud. It'd be a lot more fun of an offense to watch. I don't know if it'd be any better. It, if, any guy that can throw the ball farther than 10 yards. Jimmy Garoppolo. No. Let's not. Let's not. All right. Uh, they can't all be good. And now I have a three-team trade for you. Ooh. Steelers get Tua and Xavier Howard. The Dolphins get Deshaun Watson and a Texans fifth-round pick. The Texans get James Washington, Terrell Edmonds, Emmanuel Ogba, two firsts and a second. Call, call it in. <laughs> <laughs> so the Texans get to start a rebuild. They get their first. They get pass rusher. They get to fill a lot of holes. Uh, they have their own first, they so got they're going to be they're going to suck. Davis Mills. They have Davis Mills and Tyrod, so they can serve. They can they can tread water. Yeah, I mean they're not pl- planning on playing Deshaun anyway. Steelers get a quarterback of the future with Tua and get Xavier Howard for giving up a bunch of assets. And Xavier Howard wants to restructure, and then he can be part of the Steel Curtain 3.0. And okay. then, uh, okay. all right. Here, here's the thing. I'm ready. From a real football standpoint, yes, we don't want Big Ben playing any more snaps. <laughs> but from a fantasy standpoint, 
Big Ben continuing to play for this Pittsburgh offense, just the targets for these guys. It's true. I mean, he Najee, 51 passes. Najee had 19 targets. He's the running back. I mean, Deontay was out. Juju left the game early. But like from, from a fantasy perspective, this is just incredible because their O-line is that bad that they have to run hitches. They have to run slants. They have to run all these routes to the flats. And since Najee Big ben, Harris putting up Darren Waller numbers is not what I expected. Yeah. And he still can't. I don't think he's had over 50 rushing yards in a game yet. <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty gross on the ground, which we, I mean, we expected because the <laughs> offensive line is awful. Exactly. Exactly. And, like, even Chase Claypool with 15 targets. I mean, when Big Ben is playing, they got to throw the ball because they can't do anything else. That's that 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 is the only reason that I like Big Ben still being at the helm of this Pittsburgh team. But yeah, I I like the Drew Lock one the best too. Drew Lock is nice. I like Drew Lock. He deserves to start. That'd be that'd be good for Chase Claypool. Yeah, because you could just send one. (laughs) Yeah, just just air it out. You do like five a game, and two of them would be picks. Big Ben also likes his tight ends in the red zone, and Pat Firemuth continues to get red zone targets, and he got another touchdown. So that is something worth noting, because that is something that is still going on in this Pittsburgh offense, which has for a long time. Yeah, Big Ben loves tall wide receivers, and Firemuth should be one of those guys. I don't know how long uh, he's going to be targeting them tall tight ends, but... Yeah, hopefully uh, they they send call call in the Drew Lock trade because that, that'd be a lot of fun. Or Minshew. I, I don't think Minshew is going to get traded again, but it would also be interesting. I thought about it, but I was That's like, yeah, he just got traded. I don't think he's going to get traded again. Yeah. Uh, someone who traded for a quarterback, the Indianapolis Colts, go to zero and three on a. 16 to 25 loss against the Titans who jump up to two and one. Is there anything that we can predict about the Colts offense week to week? Because in fantasy, it's all about trying to predict what's going to happen. You want, uh, I want Najee Harris to have 10 targets so he can have as many PPR points as possible. What's predictable about this Colts offense? Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. continues to be, wide receiver to target uh, it looks like ty hilton will not be coming back yet so that is a plus for Pittman, and he, he's just the best playmaker that they have at the wide receiver position he's just he's big he's strong he can command the middle of the field and so that should help wentz out just run seam routes you know run some crossers bring the guy around in the middle of the field and just get him the ball um, because clearly they don't know how to use Jonathan Taylor, who is by far the best skill player they have on their team. He got out-snapped by Hines this week. They love Hines like Washington loves J.D. McKissick. And they should just get slapped. <laughs> you know, I, This Colts team is just 
really weird. You don't know what you're going to get from Wentz ever, which was kind of the issue he brought to the f- the Eagles, you know, when he was in Philly. And it's all carrying over, and it just it's not pretty. Yeah, he's got happy feet. He looks af- like he's afraid of contact. I mean, he's when he's throwing, he's throwing off his back foot and kind of fading away. It's... It's it's not great. I mean, this Colts offense doesn't look good. We were hoping they'd take a step forward from Phil Rivers to Carson Wentz, but it looks like the opposite has happened. I mean, it it's just it's not that great. Titans they also didn't look that great. Uh, Derrick Henry was Derrick Henry. AJ Brown left early. Julio didn't have that great of a game. I mean, Tannehill looked fine, but this was a pretty pretty lackluster game overall. Yeah, unless you're looking to pick up a guy like Chester Rogers in the aftermath of the hamstring strain A.J. Brown got. Not too much going on in this game. Nope. Uh, Another game where one team didn't have too much going on. Jets fall to 0-3 and were the only team to be held scoreless against the Broncos, who go to 3-0 with a 26-point victory. Is Tim Patrick the most reliable receiver on the Broncos? The only guy you can count on week in and week out. You th- you would think with, with Jerry Judy down and K.J. Hamler going out early in this game with the ACL, you would think that Sutton would be routinely getting that 15-20 point game that you expect out of a wide receiver one, but it's Tim Patrick. But they really didn't need to throw the ball in this game. I mean, both the running backs scored touchdowns. It, it You're playing the Jets. Why exert yourself more than needed? This Jets team is worse than last year's team, in my opinion. It's They have just... There is just no skill on offense, and there is just massive holes on their defense. Quinn and Williams can't, you know be the only guy <laughs> that can rush the quarterback we said it before i mean cj mosley isn't you know cj mosley they were gassing up on the broadcast while they're down like i don't know it's like 14 to 0 they're like cj mosley really slimmed down so he can go sideline to sideline for this team but he seems to be the only one that's uh making tackles <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah it's because the rest of the team sucks and then you got marcus may who's the only DB that can make a tackle. Yep, that's uh, that's all we can, all we have to say about that game. It, it was a route. The Jets suck. I don't Broncos, want to talk about the Jets. I did, yeah, they, Broncos have had a cupcake schedule and now they're three and zero. So good job taking care of business, Broncos. Uh, we can move on to another three and zero team, the Raiders, win a th- overtime thriller against the Dolphins, thirty one to twenty eight. Dolphins fall to one and two. Are the Raiders the most impressive three and O team, or are we putting too much stock in who they are playing based on last year? I wouldn't say most impressive. I think the Rams are clearly the most impressive three and O team, uh, but Vegas is—they're definitely the second. I mean, they've had three quality wins. Um two overtime wins and this offense is getting better and better these wide receivers rugs kind of 
Ooh. Right, looking kind of nice. Good. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of Hollywood Brown, the way that Hollywood Brown was kind of popping yeah. off, getting getting some targets, some volume. Now Ruggs is getting it, making toe tap catches, catching in traffic. I like that. And like I am extremely comfortable starting Hunter Renfro at flex or even a wide receiver too, because he is just seeing consistent targets and making you know consistent catches and consistent yardage week in week out. Yeah, I I Darren like... Waller attracts so much attention that Hunter Renfro just is open over the middle because yeah. Darren Waller runs that crosser, he pulls a safety and a linebacker over, and then Hunter Renfro just has to shake one guy and he's wide open. Mm-hmm. So it, it, any sort of underneath route, and then yep. you Carr is hitting shots to Brian Edwards for big gains. He's hitting rugs for big gains and. I think this offense might even be better without Josh Jacobs because they don't feel the need to feed him. Yeah, on the Dolphins side of things, Jacoby Brissett looked good. I mean... Hey, Jay Brisket still got it. He's he's still got it. This offense looked better with Jacoby Brissett than it did with Tua. And he was... they They were feeding Waddle over the middle. Will Fuller didn't have a great game. In his debut, uh, I, I, I think he hoping. also got shaken up at the end of the game. So he did. I saw him sitting there, like pulling on the the toes of his cleats. <laughs> Hopefully, it was a cramp. Hopefully, it was just a yeah. cramp. <laughs> but yeah, J- Jacoby Brissett <laughs> is is he taking to his job now, <laughs> like Ryan Fitzpatrick did last year? Can we just look at Waddle had twelve catches for fifty eight yards? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They they were just feeding him like five yard. He would run a hitch to the middle of the field and just find a gap in the zone, and it would just be a little check down right in the middle of the field, and he would just fall down. That's that's like that's just so weird. I have never seen something like that. It's like just running a hitch over and over. Imagine having twelve catches and only having seventeen PPR points. Yeah. And being a burner. Like, Jalen Waddell can Yeah, he's a field go. stretcher. <laughs> yeah, and he's just catching these little dump-offs. It's it's pretty funny. It was an interesting stat line, to say the least. Hopefully hopefully with Will Fuller back, that they'll, they'll run some more fly routes. You know, Brisket, he's got a cannon on him. He can, he can send it downfield. I know yeah, they don't he likes trust to hold Tua. on to the ball and wait for plays to develop, and he mm-hmm. likes that five Mississippi count. But Raiders Raiders D line is pretty solid. I mean, they get a good pass rush, mm-hmm. so it might that might have been why they ran so many short intermediate routes. And Jalen Waddle was a little check down for him because Jay Brisket not the fastest guy in the world. So maybe Waddle was their their scramble proxy. Yeah, that's fair. But we can move on to the Seahawks-Vikings game. Both teams are now 1-2. Vikings win 30-17. Uh, the Seahawks kind of stalled out after their first couple drives. Uh, DK Metcalf had a huge game. And Kirk Cousins is our QB5. You think he's uh, keeping up this pace for the rest of the season? I mean... With if he does, KJ Osborne is 
a relevant fantasy player. So these you always knew you had Jefferson, you had Thielen. And Dalvin does what he does. In this case, it was Alexander Madison. Um, they're getting like six catches a game at the running back position, which is just magnifique, you know, from a PPR standpoint. For sure. But yeah, Cousins, he's, he's not getting flustered in the pocket. He's delivering the ball on time and on target. It's very surprising, but what we haven't seen yet is him play in a primetime game. It's true. <laughs> Until he can do it on a Sunday night, I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Kirk Cousins has been this guy where he's had the empty calorie stats. He's had the garbage time stats, but QB5 is high for Kirk Cousins and I mean, he's thrown for a ton of yards. They're down in all of these games, so they're not running with Dalvin, but they're dumping off to Dalvin. So Kirk Cousins is getting all of these stats. And it, it, one of these guys that you took late in drafts or you could get off the wire in, like, Dynasty Leagues, and he's just going to win you a league. Yeah. Like, possibly at could be your QB1 replacing whoever you drafted or in your super flex spot as your second quarterback is just a huge, huge thing. It's like Derek Carr where he was also getting super underdrafted uh-huh. and he's having a crazy good season because they have abandoned the run basically as well. So this is this is something and I I – We'll also reserve judgment until a primetime game happens. <laughs> and they they are still one and two. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. I, I mean, that is, that is also a factor. Yeah. Uh, the best game of the week, oh. Tampa Bay versus L.A. Rams. Could be an NFC Championship preview. Uh, Rams go to 3-0. and Go uh, with the thirty-four to twenty-four win over Tampa Bay. They dropped to two and one. And I'm gonna go with the classic classic talk show question: Are the Rams the best team in the NFL? Yes. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> you have the number one wide receiver in the game right now in Cooper Cup. You have a top five quarterback in Matt Stafford, who's looking. Like, he can go toe-to-toe with Kyler for MVP. This offense has just so many talented skill players. Deshaun Jackson, still the fastest guy in the league. He's loose from, from a 70-yard touchdown. It's like the, the meme where the guy, like, opens up the coffin that's on the back <laughs> of the truck. <laughs> And it's Deshaun Jackson popping out again. He walks on out. It's like, oh, yep, another 75-yard touchdown by Deshaun Jackson? Is it 2008 or 2021? I just I don't see how a team's – because they couldn't even run the ball against Tampa Bay. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter. This – from Tampa Bay side, this is another defense that we thought was going to be really good and is getting shredded through the air in these first three games. 
Yeah, I was going to say, they have had a pretty bad pass defense. Their run defense is incredible every time Villavea is on the field. And he's been healthy so far this year. But that pass defense is really suspect. And they lost two corners in this game. I'm not sure how severe the injuries are. But they could let up a lot of points. Uh, not next week because they're playing the Pats and <laughs> they're gonna, yeah. But <laughs> well, from, here out, have a from, from here on out, it's not a bad idea to be starting your quarterbacks and your receivers against Tampa Bay when it may have been a tough matchup last year. Yeah, it's it is just looking too easy for every single quarterback that they've gone against, even. Good old Matt Ryan got to sling it around a little bit last week against them. Yep. And then now on Tampa Bay's offense, uh, Gronk left the game for a while. He got x-rays in the middle of a game and then came back home. I guess he was fine. Another uh, rib injury. Scotty Miller has turf toe now, and Antonio Brown had COVID. So yep. we, we were seeing a lot of Ty Johnson, Tyler Johnson, uh, he had himself a decent game, uh, but they're really going to Mike Evans and Godwin as usual. So I, th- I think we're going to see a little more Mike Evans' involvement. Uh, he, he is profiled as Brady's type of receiver, uh, the bigger guy, more jump ball style guy. And he's pounding a lot on sidelines. <laughs> Mike Evans is it getting, always works. Getting very animated on the sidelines during these games, and so I expect to see him getting more involved, even more than he was in this game. I mean, he is still one of the best wide receivers in the league. I feel like if you see a wide receiver like pouting or yelling at a coach or a quarterback on the sideline immediately go bet the over on receptions the next game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. It always works. Kenny Galladay just did it. He had like an over under of like three and a half catches for this this past game. He he got that. Cause he went and yelled at Daniel Jones and then he's like, nah, I was yelling at Jason Garrett. <laughs> I mean ugh. God, yeah. Jason Garrett. So yeah, inter- interesting situation with Tampa. Take that, took that loss, but I mean, I'm sure they'll be fine when they're at full strength. They're one of the toughest teams in the league to play against. Tom Brady is still somehow insane. Mm-hmm. And then Gio Bernard was playing a lot of snaps. They were down most of this game, so they need to throw a lot, and he's their receiving back, which we found out now. I think he had 10 targets. So it it was – Gio Bernard might be the waiver target in PPR leagues because it seems like that's the guy who Tom Brady trusts. He He's that James White for this team. Yeah. And Arians came out and said it, that it, whenever they're in their two-minute package or they need to pass the ball, Gio Bernard's going to be on the field. And you've seen him have that touchdown catch. He got he got flipped and landed. It looked like he landed on his hip in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So it'll be interesting to see what that injury is and if it holds him out at all. Um, you're sure to see uh, Leonard Fournette get even more time because he's definitely more of a pass catcher than Ronald Jones. I'd still avoid all the all three of the running backs in all situations, just like the Bills. It is. 
really hard to even guess, you know, if any of them is going to be relevant from week to week. But Fournette, the way that he was getting receptions, I mean, he was getting you 10 to 12 a week, which is respectable, especially as a flex play. But 10 to 12 fantasy points, not 10 to 12 receptions, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, yeah. 10 to 12 reception. <laughs> I'd be all over that. You'd think he yeah, was playing for Pittsburgh. Nazi Harris numbers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can move on to a guy that had 12 receptions, Devontae oh. Adams, in our Sunday night football game. Green Bay moves to 2-1 and one on a game-winning field goal. They won 30-28 against the San Francisco 49ers, who drops to 2-1. and one. So give me the play-by-play of what happened in your head from the Juszczyk touchdown to the field goal. It was a lot of, well, I've seen this before, us giving up a touchdown when the team needs a touchdown at the end of the game. So I really wasn't surprised. And then 37 seconds left. It's like, you know, we, we got our guy. And all of a sudden it was like, ooh, 25 yards to take. Run up. Spike. Ooh. 17 yards to Tay. Run up. Spike. And Crosby just comes in and drills it. And I was like, hey, I've also seen that before. (laughs) So it was like, you know, nothing too crazy. It was, uh, it felt good to beat the 49ers. I I think we got a lot of questions answered from this game. Yeah. I, I I was sitting there. And they threw the touchdown, and I looked at Liz, and I was like, fuck. They really did it again. <laughs> they gave up the touchdown and didn't give Rodgers a chance. And then she looked at me, and she's like, there's 37 seconds. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and then they went down, man. dropped it over Fred Warner, and it's, it was – he. Targeted Devontae Adams three times in a row. <laughs> like, and, and if the, you're the, the 49ers, 49ers, are fine. They're like, can't, you, know, you can't possibly yeah. do it in 39, 37 seconds, yeah, right? right. <laughs> They're like, ah, who's that guy? We don't got to cover him. 17, he's concussed. We tried to, we knocked him out. <laughs> he, was, he was asleep on the 50-yard line like 10 minutes ago. It's fine. He, he, whatever. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm... Great game, fun game. Stressed me out a little more than I wanted it to. Yeah, that's definitely sure. <laughs> don't think I went. Don't think I got to sleep till about eleven thirty after it because you just you're full of adrenaline and then you just like, man. Yeah, they won. They won it. <laughs> they, 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 I was waiting for the highlights to go up. I was like, let me let me run that back real quick. Let me see that. Yeah, for anyone that questioned Aaron Rodgers being in or all in, like after that first week game. Clearly, that was an outlier game. Just a weird game, weird situation. They're pulling up to Jacksonville against the Saints. It was definitely a throwaway. Yep, I agree. I mean, San Francisco, George Kittle got back on track, which isn't that surprising because the Packers' defense is Swiss cheese. Yep. But he looked dominant. Brandon Ayuk is back, apparently. Yes, out of the doghouse. Yes, and he looked pretty good. Uh, but 
Yeah, fantastic game. One of the, one of the Sunday night football classics. We've been blessed with primetime games oh, so far this God. this season. Yes, but yeah, that's uh, all the games right now. We are at one fifty five left in Monday night football. Dallas is up twenty to seven. Ezekiel Elliott's having himself a game. He has two touchdowns. Dak has fumbled twice. Philly scored on a fumble in the end zone that Fletcher Cox just grabbed. So not much going on the Eagles offense so far. But we shall see how this goes. Uh Quez Watkins has been getting targeted a lot. Devontae Smith looks pretty good. Jalen Hurts hasn't looked great, but Dallas is definitely yeah. leaning on the run like they did last week. Which I love to see because I need 52 out of Zeke and Dak. So hopefully they can keep feeding Zeke. Hopefully they can uh, get CeeDee Lamb <laughs> to outscore Amari <laughs> Cooper by uh, seven points here. That'd be real swell for for Cook's Kitchen. All right, let's uh let's get this heat check. We didn't get one last week, so I've I've had a couple brewing yeah. in my head. Yeah, I'll, you go ahead, go rip one off. All right. So we came in to this season, in this rookie draft, and there was a Tyreek Hill comparison with Jalen Waddle. I'm gonna say, Rondell Moore is more like Tyreek Hill than any prospect that has come out that has been comp to Tyreek Hill. The only difference between Rondale Moore and Tyreek Hill is the height and a little bit of speed, obviously, because nobody's as fast as Tyreek Hill. It's true. But Rondale Moore is extraordinarily explosive. He's thick. He breaks tackles. He's really agile he's a great kick and punt returner and you can use him as a gadget guy or you could feed him targets if you wanted to rondale moore with a high target volume would be disgusting so i i feel like that's a pretty solid comp between tyreek hill and rondale moore just based on athleticism based on the ability to take the top off a defense just the ability to make the defense worry about you every single play because you have the ability to wreck the game. That's fair. That is extremely fair. I like that. They they got that. It's not stocky, but they're more they're wider. They're wider yeah. guys. And it's a different style profile to a wide receiver. Built almost more like a running back than a receiver. But they are both like oh, I need I need like twenty five percent target share to Rondell Moore. Oof. Easily. Yeah, give him give him eight targets a game. Get Come some on. of these older guys. AJ Green, go <laughs> go in. Go, go, go to the Jets. Go to the Jets. <laughs> there you go. Christian Kirk. Go ahead. Go. You, you go to Broncos there. They got a bunch of hurt guys. Go go help out yeah. there. It's just yeah. yeah. I, oh no, I AJ like Green belongs on the Texans. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Okay. I'm all in. 
Yeah, my heat check is that uh, uh, college defenses are closer to high school defenses than they are closer to NFL defenses. Mm. Because DBs suck in college. We're, we're going back and forth watching the Arkansas. It was Arkansas A&M. Yep. Yeah. And Traylon Burks. And dude caught it, you know, going down the left sideline, spin, you know, shook off, shook off a DB, and then this dude comes in hot, comes flying in, and just like hits him upfield. <laughs> created like seven yards of separation for this dude, and he went and scored a touchdown. And I think this yeah. is why why all these rookie quarterbacks are struggling so bad, is because college DBs are nowhere near what you see in the NFL. They're way closer to a high school defense than a professional defense. Okay, I'm I'm going to agree with you in in a I don't know if they're closer to high school defenses, but I like, I mean I, I I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I hear what you're saying because the the talent pool in college is nowhere near the talent pool in the NFL because those are the elite of the elite. And so if you're playing against a cornerback two in college, you're playing against a guy that would never have an NFL aspiration. Yeah. And you're Devontae Smith. And you're going to go, like, put up a 1,200-yard season someday in the NFL. So I I hear what you're saying. And Traylon Burks is that dude. Yes. But playing against bad DBs definitely made him look a little better but he had some ridiculous hey, catches in that game. He was looking nice. Yeah, that's a that's my wide receiver one, baby. That's the he. I'm gonna have to keep that one. You know, <laughs> do my scouting for next year. You know what I'm saying? Hey, B. John Robinson, 2023 RB1. That's my guy. Yep. That's my then, guy. Uh, Isaiah Spiller, uh, RB1 2022. Yeah, but. Uh, I think that's all that we have for you for this episode of the Firestarters podcast. Yes, indeed. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time.